Balls. James, one, can you turn him down one more time? I don't know if I'll be able to hear Ed very well. It's down, though. It's all right. I have nothing important to say. Well, I need to hear when you're talking and when you're not talking at the very <laughs> least. <laughs> uh, all right. Welcome to High and Dry. I'm Ryan Barron North, and uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us again as we continue to scream into the void. Um, I'm your resident drunken philosopher on the program. With me, as always, James Croslin, resident high philosopher. James, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. You tell that mean void, Ryan. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm staring right into it. <laughs> uh, having a good time. <laughs> the void is Mike. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> Fuck you, void. Um, and also with us this week, we have... Uh, he's a guy... <laughs> he is a guy and he's here. He's here. Don't you assume my gender? <laughs> he's somebody and he's here. Well, uh, he's a uh, future colon. Uh, he's the first line future colonist to Mars. Um, he's gonna, we're going to be reading about him um, when the systems fail and he's tragically lost. He has to grow potatoes from his own shit, <laughs> like that movie, <laughs> like that one movie. I've been practicing. <laughs> well rejoining us ed ed thanks for coming on again how you doing i'm doing good it's friday it's always good it is it is. i mean this will come out sunday maybe we need to think about uh moving it to friday <laughs> maybe we shouldn't talk about it being friday are you off today <laughs> we may have to cut that of course i'm off, yeah, it's I'm, off. Sunday. I'm good uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah, we're all good we're all good here it's friday um but uh, i i can just say that uh, i am this week has been exhausting, and I'm sure it has been for everyone who's listening also. Whenever this airs, there's just a lot of interesting shit happened this week, and it was all very exhausting. That's true. Let's not, let's not get too much into the interesting, exhausting <laughs> shit. Let's, let's provide people with a reprieve. Yeah, so let's, let's take a break from all of that. And For those of you just joining us on High and Dry, we're going to talk about something interesting. We're going to pose a moral question, a dilemma, if you will. And we're going to work it out. Then after that, we're going to move into our fist fight, which is this week. We have Candyman versus Beetlejuice. And this one is for the ages, folks. Yeah, this is. They all yeah. are. Um, uh, well, you got the new Candyman coming out here pretty soon. Jordan Peele's doing that one, right? Yeah, Jordan Peele's working on that. And I'm, I'm interested. So we'll see how it goes. I'm interested that Michael Keaton just uh, signed on for Beetlejuice 2 four days ago. I saw that. So Michael Keaton's coming back. I mean, luckily the character has, you know, so much makeup. It's sort of irrelevant, I yeah. guess, how, how long it's been. Poltergeist might age. We don't know. Could be. Could be. But yeah, no, a lot of weird stuff like that happening. Um, yeah, Michael Keaton just signed back on. Um, they just rehired Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. Um, <laughs> Great. Yeah, they, uh, Great. <laughs> King Kong's getting ready to fight Godzilla. Yeah. We're going to do one of those. We're, yeah, we're going to do one of them. But anyway, already we haven't even taken a drink and we're already getting off topic, which brings me into the topic of on this show before we do any of that fun stuff that we had already mentioned. First, we got to get drunk and then we got to get high. So to start us off, um, James, what are you smoking this week? Today, I've got something very special for us. It is called Granddaddy Purple. <laughs> Granddaddy, Granddaddy Purple is one of the best strains uh, that branches off from the purple strain. Purple is a great strain. 
Makes you feel fantastic, kind of like you're floating. I'm hoping Granddaddy Purple will make me feel wise as well. <laughs> give it a shot. You should have saved him for the Grimace episode. <laughs> Eventually. We'll get back to it. I'll save him. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, Ed, as uh, our guest drunk philosopher, what are you drinking this uh, week? Right before the podcast, I ran over to the liquor store, and behold, I have in my hands a bottle of Belvedere Single Estate Rye. It's Smoggery Forest. It's a Polish unfiltered vodka. I'm getting in touch with my roots. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, I'll be joining you with my drinking. And this week I have Captain Morgan's Original Spiced Rum. Premium Caribbean. What else does that say? Do you think it's going to be better than the Black Spiced Rum? No. No. Well, let's do it then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cheers. Cheers to Ed and also Carl Urban. <laughs> to, to Ed and Carl Urban. No, to Carl Urban and Ed. <laughs> You're right. It's my bad. <laughs> Sorry, my Carl. <laughs> we apologize. <laughs> Everyone's place is after Carl. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Oh, my God. That is so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I took way too much. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, aren't, uh, we aren't doing visual on this podcast just yet. Um, but, uh, I wish you folks at home could have seen <coughs> James, the, uh, he looked like a chimney. <laughs> <coughs> I forgot. I just charged this one. Well, so. that's, well, that's the kind of commitment we're looking for in your puffs. I took probably about two or three dabs in that one hit. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep on going. You got six more to go. Got to ride this train. All right. So here's, here's round two. This one, Marty. Damn, I, you know, I just bought this fancy little desk calendar. And I'm getting Captain Morgan all over it. You know, you could always move the desk calendar. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this one, um, this one's actually, this is probably you, Ed, but this one's actually going to go out to Chicago, Illinois. We got a lot of viewers coming in from Chicago. Way to go on viewing our listening medium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. We're not on TV. <laughs> so, cheers, cheers, Chicago. <laughs> cheers. Ed is our number one listener, and we're happy to have him on the podcast. And if anyone if anyone overtakes Ed as our number one listener, we will let you replace him. <laughs> one out of every you, – you'll have to share the title. Never. I will never. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> how's it tasting over there Ed? it's it's really really good um the very back end of it kind of has a little bit of this rubbing like a rub wow it's hitting hard and quick i shouldn't be drinking this out of a coffee mug but you can taste like the uh the steel from the distill on it at the very end was just a little off-putting but i'm just gonna take this lovely vodka and just swirl it around in a big jug with Mountain Dew after this third one. All right. <laughs> All right. I like it. All right. So uh, third shot. Um, Ed, this third shot, what's it to? I, I think I'm going to go with cheers to Wall Street bets. Take that GME straight to the moon, boys. Diamond hands all around. <laughs> <laughs> Buy high, sell never. <laughs> cheers. Yo, fuck those hedge fund bros, though. It, it, it is insane. Like I've been watching it, like mad, and it is unbelievable. Like the things that they're pulling. Are, 
but let's not get that. Are we all we're all we're all in agreement? Fuck those hedge fund bros, right? We don't really have to go into too much more detail. Yeah, without a doubt, hands down. Okay. I could watch billionaires lose money all day. <laughs> wow. I would pay to watch billionaires lose money, just like the GameStop guys. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I am a little – so the only thing the only thing I've taken issue with is – Nope. All right. <laughs> so, um, so this week on High and Dry, and this may come as a surprise to some of our listeners, but after uh, a lot of you know begging, prostrating, and tears <laughs> – we are allowing Ed oh, fuck you. to determine <laughs> determine what our topic is today. So, Ed, this week, the topic is yours. What do you got for us? Okay, so I came up with this question probably a few years ago when I was working in a warehouse job because you just think about everything, like when you're bored out of your mind, just slaving away throwing boxes and it kind of coincides with our entire battle that's going on today uh with beetlejuice and Candyman, and it's the topic of taboo where you aren't supposed to speak something such as like their names because it has bad things associated with it but the topic of taboo is really interesting into itself like what really determines a uh like a culture to not be okay with one thing or another and with me being my leather work i came up with this ultimatum and it's it's a little bit out there but it kind of touches on that base so you guys ready all right say all right imagine if you will you go on vacation you're outside of the united states right you're having the absolute time of your life you're going out you're experiencing culture you're having adventures abound you're doing what have you and you find yourself walk into this like little antique store but they kind of sells like tourist trinkets and stuff and you're looking around and you notice over by the front desk that there's a wallet sitting there you, you buy this thing yeah so you finish up your vacation you start heading your way back home and when you go through customs they ask you if you're going to declare anything and you're like, oh, I picked up these little trinkets here and there, da da da. And like, I also got this wallet. And they're like, all right, cool. So they're going through stuff. And the agent looks at you <clears throat> kind of funny. He's like, hold on just one second. I want to double check anything or double check this. And he comes back about 10 minutes later with a supervisor. And they are kind of whispering among themselves. It's like, I mean, it's, it's legal. And he's got the paperwork and he declared it. It's just it's weird. And it turns out that the wallet you bought was made out of human skin. Do you keep it? Do you keep the wallet made out of human yes. skin? Well, uh, James, would you like to start or would you like me to start? I have some ideas. Would you like me to? Uh, you well, go ahead and go well, first. So <clears throat> when you are interacting with another culture, there's, there's, a few, there's a few schools of thought in terms of w- at what point do you intercede so, for, for example, you have uh, there are still societies that participate in various forms of cannibalism or genital mutilation, um, things of that nature. And a lot of anthropologists ask themselves, at what point does my morality require that I interfere with this culture, their beliefs, and their morality? Uh-huh. There are some anthropologists, um, and I happen to be one who sort of leans this way. Um, who say, well, who the fuck am I? Um, you know, why, why am I right and why are they wrong? 
And, you know, like I have, a t- I, in my initial reaction, I will never interfere. It, like if it becomes too much for me, I will excuse myself from the situation and just, you know, accept that I, I can't handle this particular assignment or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So, and, and I think that falls along in the lines of that. Well, well, James, what were your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts were, uh, <clears throat> I don't wear any other parts of people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm probably going to say nah, nah for like, uh, uh, because I am a person and I wouldn't, I wouldn't normally wear person skin in any other capacity. Well, I mean, I would definitely immediately find the authorities because, um, the cultures that exist today that deal in human flesh, they aren't making wallets. Well, here, let- um, so what you have here is a serial killer's relic and you need to get this to the police. So let, let me take it one step further. Okay, so you go doing a little bit more digging, and then it turns out that you find the, the maker's mark on this individual thing. And when we were at this warehouse job, we came up with this idea. It's like, well, how much is something they go for? And it turns out there's an actual company that produces these, and they self-regulate themselves, and they go on a donor basis. Where if somebody's terminally ill and they decide after they they die, the proceeds then go to their family, and the retail on these things go for fourteen thousand dollars. Well, so did did they get the consent of the person to use their skin as a wearable, you know, as a fashion accessory? Because when it comes to corporations, we really have to ask that. Yeah, did they get the actual person's? who had the skin, did they get their consent to, for, for a part of their body, an organ, the skin is an organ, right. For an organ of their body to be used as a fashion accessory. 100%. Yeah. Oh, so, so it is a hundred percent. hundred percent. They signed away. No, 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 not legal. I'm saying, are they getting consent from the people whose skin oh, yeah. it was? Because there's a difference the difference between giving your organs to like science or giving your organs to save someone's life mm-hmm. and the difference between giving your organs for someone's fashion accessory. Well, well, I can and say I think this. there may not be a legal difference between those things, well, which is the problem. Well, I could see this as some sort of Orwellian nightmare yeah. where it's like, I'm getting ready to check out and I need my, I need my family to have 10 grand. So, so this sell my organs. So this company can make four grand off my uh, my ass wallet, and um, you know, and then people are traded as commodities. I mean, we already are. Yeah, but even after death, they're selling off your parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's probably not a thing to encourage. Well, no, no, but I mean, we're already as a society. I mean, we're already fucking encouraging it. I mean, um, once you you do not. So in capitalism, once you don't have the capital to make more capital, your body becomes the commodity. Yes, right. And then, as soon as your body breaks down, you've lost your only fucking commodity. When we don't have fucking health insurance, so, so. I think we've just found a <laughs> fundamental flaw in society as a whole that cannot. There is no ethical consumption under capitalism. And when you're dealing with consumption that's based on human flesh, uh, directly even, more than capitalism mm-hmm. already does, that is too problematic for me. That's why I wouldn't do it. So you'd put the wallet back? Right? I would I would say this wallet needs to go to some museum and they need to talk about the insane 
position that everyone was put in in order for this wallet to be a reality. So from what I've gathered from the uh, the actual company itself, because I, I again, I looked at it six years ago and then I looked at it again before like getting on the actual podcast. And what they do is they open it up as a volunteer basis. And what they do is they go, those people then go through a screening and they only, they're very selective because as also a leather worker, like when you're dealing even with cow hides, there's a difference in terms of quality, like of the actual life of the animal, imperfections, things like that, weight of a hide. But so Ed, quick question. And I, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Are you saying that this is a real company? Yeah, it's human. So here's my question, but but you said their family gets paid with the proceeds. So it's not really a donation. There is a financial incentive for them to sell their skin. Even if it's not to directly benefit them, it is a financial benefit to people they care about. Right. So there's still a financial incentive, which is not a great thing to encourage you. You hear about people who, um, who throw themselves in front of another person's car to die. So their family gets, uh, so their family gets the life insurance. Like this is not something that we need to encourage in my opinion. Well, so Ed, I mean, it's been your, your question. Well, what are your thoughts on it? We haven't, we haven't heard from you yet. So, I, I can go a couple of directions with it. When, like, I, I look at it also too as something like when you see a relic in a museum of something that's made in that particular medium, like it, it becomes an item that it's so odd and like macabre, like it, it becomes legendary unto itself. And I, I personally, like, if somebody is willing to do something like that to help benefit their family i almost don't see a difference between it being between okay i this is my commodity i'm giving to somebody or the person who grinds their bones and skin to dust doing say a construction job yeah both are very problematic that's the thing we should be addressing is that both of those things are selling your flesh and we don't need a brand new market for human flesh what we need to do is reduce the market of human flesh in both instances the fact that we need to sell our flesh in order to survive that's uh it just because one is a thing doesn't make that first thing good and so you therefore can't justify the other thing based on that all right the part where you grind your body to dust doing construction someone else's construction on things you don't care about in order to survive is a problem. See, also. But isn't that any job though? They're both problems. Like you're, you're, isn't that? that just any kind of job though? Like you're, you're selling hours of your life. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it is. We have a real fundamental flaw in the world and it's that people have to sell their flesh to jobs instead of work on things that they find meaningful hmm. by choice and not as a necessity to survive. But isn't that very modern? Um, well, well, real quick, um, just because you know this, we we have a limited amount of time, um, so I'm, I'm going to real quick bring it back to the original question. So, uh, and James, we'll start with you. So, um, James, you're in the airport. You've just been notified by the authorities that hey, this is human leather right here. Um, what do you do with the wallet? 
Uh, I first thing I do is call like a museum or some people who can track down the history of this thing because I don't have time for that shit. But but I'd have someone track down the history, and then I would figure out what museum it belongs in, and or if if this was taken, you, you know. I don't know. I'd fig- I'd probably find a museum that would take it just okay. to be on display and be like, "Hey, we shouldn't do this, and here's why." But yeah. also, it's a thing. Okay. Um, Ed, uh, what about you? So, like, I thought about this myself for a while, and I, I always like to collect odd things. And I, when I look at it, I look at it as essentially a piece of art. Would I use it as my everyday carry? Absolutely not. But when when I look at something like that, or I, there's something meaningful behind that, because there's there's got to be intention for somebody's family to go through that, especially once I find out that it is ethically sourced and it's not something that was just a byproduct of our cartel kill off. Like I, I think yeah. it's definitely interesting, but I mean, it's I also know that. I'm one of those people in that very niche thing that I would find something like that interesting to look beyond what the actual taboo is. Okay. Um, well then also then, um, for myself personally, um, I, I, for me, it would definitely come back to just a, a greater disenchantment, I suppose, with, uh, modern society, um, and where we've found ourselves, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I, you know, me, like me personally, I think like, Jesus Christ, this is, this is where we're going to be, you know, um, when you have, when you have people on this planet who have so ungodly much and that there's people that have to turn themselves into a fucking wallet, um, to give their children a leg up. It's like, Jesus Christ, what, what is going on here? Um, but then as far as just the wallet sitting there itself, um, I, like, I, well, just in that instance, as I'm sitting there in the airport security, I feel like something could happen with this wallet. Like as far as like what James was saying with the museum or, um, like some, like, like there's something that could be done with this wallet and I, I don't see the purpose in just hucking it in the trash. And so I think I would take it and then figure out, all right, what's my next steps here? Some like there has to be a next step. And I just don't think I'm going to figure it out in the terminal. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So we all take the wallet, and and I want to. I do want to say Ed, that I I understand the value of this question. This was a, an excellent question, and while we do disagree on some parts, I am also interested by this wallet. I just uh, the meaning that I'm finding it, it, it when I step outside the taboo. The meaning I'm finding is more of a revolution i'm trying i see it as a as if it is my own skin and i would not want to turn myself into a wallet mm-hmm. or or devote myself to a job i hate to, for a reason i hate for a mission i hate my, for my whole life and have that be the wallet you know symbolically <laughs> you know i that's what i see in it is i see there is no ethical consumption of the, of anything in the world right now. You cannot ethically consume under capitalism, but there is value in this thing. Yeah. This thing is is a representation of what the world is doing to me. 
with that being said, um, now moving on from the uh, human flesh wallet, um, let's talk about our fist fight. So on high and dry, we got a path and met- method to working this shit out between these two serial cartoons or cleaning product gods or whoever the hell it happens to be in this case. We have the Candyman on one side and we have Beetlejuice on the other side. Tell us how it's going to happen. How's it going to happen? Well, I'll tell you, James. <laughs> it's going to happen in three rounds. Round one. All right, these two are going to take off their shirts, their shoes, their belts, and they're going to beat each other to death while Brad Pitt looks on ringside and the high and dry people with Carl Urban will look on from the box seats. (laughs) Even if he doesn't join us by choice, he'll be there. He'll be there. (laughs) Um, Round two zooms out a little bit, and we're now looking at a city view where these two characters have received a manila envelope underneath the door of their shoddy apartment or mirror realm or other world wherever they happen to be residing and they now know that they have to kill the other character and they get use of anything they have at their disposal to get it done and then round three takes on a very similar form except this time both of our characters get to bring a friend and we'll see how this one plays out but before we do that it's high and dry tradition. Before we get into the fight, we got to get a little bit more high and we got to get a little bit more drunk. <laughs> I don't do know. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Number four. Number uh, four. So pour them up. James, what's it to? Uh, I'm going to say that uh, number four is to our two contestants, Candyman, played by Tony Todd, and uh, Beetlejuice, played by famously by Michael Keaton, and and a star. <laughs> some sun billions of miles away is also Beetlejuice <laughs> well I'm excited and he might bring him in in round three <laughs> we'll see how uh, Candyman stands up against a star <laughs> uh, cheers James fuck ooh that's tasty <sighs> Woo! I know how you feel. Damn. All right, let's do it. Candyman versus Beetlejuice. Candyman versus Beetlejuice. All right, so first round. Moving into round one. We're now watching these guys remove their clothing. And they're about to beat each other to death. So everyone's really excited. Stall around. Um, so guest first, initial thoughts. Beetlejuice starts beating the fuck or getting beaten the fuck by Candyman. Ed, initial thoughts. Who do you think who, who do you think is going to win? Keep in mind that they have no access to anything that is not entirely innate, which when two spirit creatures are fighting each other might get a little weird. Right. Yeah. Your thoughts. So like that's what I was going to ask for the first question because the first and second round seem like they would be the same battle. Um, for the first round, do we want to strip that? down where they don't have their powers because for some reason in my head i imagine this battle taking place in the waiting room at beetlejuice and beetlejuice just took Candyman's waiting number and then they just start throwing down because <laughs> it seems like everybody's pretty so, so, well so these both of these characters are are essentially the manifestation of various thoughts and fears and things yeah. of that nature um so they have access to a lot of their fucking abilities. They the, sure the, do. The difference is 
in round two, you have one character is basically jumping through mirrors and you have yeah. another character is showing himself to gothy teenagers in various mansions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves. They're just fist fighting right now. Right now they're just fist fighting, but for Beetlejuice and Candyman, that it's means quite the fist that's fight. quite the fist fight. I would even I would even venture to say that Candyman gets to even keep his fucking hook because it's not an actual hook. He is the he is a spirit put together and and the hook is just an embodiment of him. Yeah, I would say that yeah. too, honestly. He can he can shapeshift. Basically. He he yeah. is nebulous by mm-hmm. nature. Yeah. Well, so we'll add initial thoughts then just off the cuff, who do you think is going to take? So, it? when it comes down to their individual powers, as much as I want to vote for Candyman, because if they didn't have their powers and it was just muscle on muscle, Candyman, I think, would outclass Beetlejuice. Tony Todd would beat the shit out of Michael Keaton. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. That, yeah. <laughs> I agree that Tony Todd would fucking murder Michael Keaton. But since the Beetlejuice cartoon is also canon, like he's also thrown a monster the size of a hair salon before. And even though Candyman has super strength to where he could tear people in half, I don't know if he would be able to stop something like that. Plus Beetlejuice, his innate ability too is to hustle. And I'm not sure if Candyman's a bit like his just dedication to his role. Couldn't be tricked by Beetlejuice as he's jumping around doing jokes. And then he just sticks a fist in this guy's face. Well, all right, so good thoughts, good thoughts. Um, James, initial thoughts, who's going to take it? So I actually lean the other way. Um, I, I don't think Candyman could be hustled. Um, I don't. I think because he is a manifestation of a bun- of like of an emotion, I don't think he's a hustle, getting tricked kind of thing. He's a singular purpose kind of entity in my mind. And um, uh, I feel that Beetlejuice is also very good with – he uses an environment to mess with people. He never directly like touches things. He always has the environment do some shit. Uh, like like uh, that was his thing. And then with the sandworms, with the art that came to life, he always used a proxy. And there's no fucking proxies in the ring. Uh, I think Candyman would, uh, would myrtleize him. Damn. Um, well, then, so coming over on this side, um, like I was listening to both of you, and I'm listening to Ed's points. I'm like, it's a good point. I think Candyman is going to be isolated because he can't jump into a mirror or some shit, and he's just done for. And then, then, then I started listening to you. I'm like, ah, fuck. So, but Beetlejuice is isolated too. And then it just comes down to goofball getting ripped apart by a hook (laughs) he is a real goofball there there is one thing with beetlejuice though beetlejuice has the power of materializing matter so even when he puts that iron plate on the the woman's face on in the the movie or even when he's creating other elements and stuff he's not necessarily altering it but adding his own elements in is a joke like he, but those things didn't exist at the end of at the thing. They were all a manipulation of the mind. Well, um, well, so a lot of good points being pushed out there. Um, we're gonna bring round one to a vote. Um, Ed, even what's even your though vote? Candyman is my legitimate favorite horror movie, I, I'm gonna go Beetlejuice. I think he has way more power than we're giving him credit for. Okay. 
Um, James, what's your vote? Um, I would say, I, I think you're right, Ed. I think that Beetlejuice is more powerful. But I think he'll be more powerful next round because he has an environment to work with. That's that's my thing. Is I think I think in the end, Beetlejuice is cut off from an a a. Um, I think Beetlejuice is cut off from a dynamic environment, something that allows him to do something interesting. Now he's just in a he's in he's in Candyman's arena of just being like a really flat fucking one one purpose one goal. That's it. All right, all right. So your your vote then, Candyman. Candyman. All right. So then moving on to me. Um, that that is a tough one, but I think at the end of the day, what I see happening, I th- I see this playing out. So I would have to say I see this playing out a lot like our Austin Powers episode, where while it would be hilarious watching Beetlejuice, like, "Hey man, what are you doing?" <laughs> um, um, eventually, it would be Jared from Subway dressed as Candyman, no, but we <laughs> just as Candyman, no, kicking we're, Michael we're not, Keaton to death. We're not taking Tony Todd's job away and giving it to Jared. All right, Tony Todd gets to kill Michael Keaton. Well, I'm saying like just thematically. <laughs> I'm saying thematically, we're all you know, you know, millennial children at this point sitting in the theater for this high, the second high and dry movie. And we watch our childhood stolen as this vicious hook wielding bastard just starts kicking the shit out of Beetlejuice. Played by the Verizon guy. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, and and I think that's where it's going to be. Um, and I think that's where it's going to be. So, round one, two votes go to Beetlejuice. No, no. <laughs> round one. <laughs> Two votes go to Candyman, and by the magic of high and dry, the third vote also goes to Candyman, which brings us into round two. So it brings us into round two. So in round two, we've now zoomed out. We're now in a in a city view, and we and we approach this as a single unit, a, a single front, as we all share the same opinion. Yep. So we all agreed that round one, of course, went to Candyman. Who else would it go to? Um, and um, so now we move into round two, where these characters have the city view. They are, have access to their abilities. And like was stated previously, I think by, I, mean, I think just about everyone, that uh, this is where Beetlejuice is really going to get to shine. But let, let's figure that out. Um, Ed, initial thoughts. Who's going to take it in this city view? So I think I, I'm, I'm going to go with Candyman on this one because I forgot to bring it up in the other round. Beetlejuice's powers can be rendered like pretty useless when his name is spoken. So when they're both summoned, they show up. But Beetlejuice is the only one that can be put back into his place. So, and Candyman has the ability to talk out loud without using his voice. Like he can project. So even if he does get the actual metal over the mouth from Beetlejuice, he might be able to unsummon him into a less powerful state and then just tear him apart. Interesting. Interesting. Um, James? How did they beat Candyman in the movie? They set him on fire. Well, that's a pretty... That's a pretty... Uh, Martian Manhunter kind of thing right there. Yeah. Getting, uh, that's a pretty common thing. Fire in our world is fairly available and common. Um. 
Yeah, and Beetlejuice can stun him pretty much. But, ba- but banishing banishing Beetlejuice isn't beating him. You know what I'm saying? Just like having him leave isn't beating him. They have to like fight because eventually Beetlejuice will come back because that's because that they are directed to fight each other. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless Candyman wants to spend the rest of his life just warding off Beetlejuice. Yeah, just constantly keeping Beetlejuice at yeah. arm's length. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to haunt these '90s women. And I do not need <laughs> this right now. All right, so so also Ed, you were saying Candyman, James. You're saying Beetle. Well, where, where, who are you saying, James? Uh, let's hear what you have to say first. So, well, I, I personally think that in this round two, you know, Beetlejuice is really going to have a chance to shine, and that's where we're going to see like his, uh, you know, his true power really come out there. Um, the, the only limit I see Beetlejuice having is if like, am I going to get a few yucks out of this one? Uh, <laughs> uh, which honestly I think is a pretty good weakness to have in terms of what weaknesses you can have. Yeah. If he doesn't find it funny, he doesn't do it. Yeah. Problematic. Um, but I mean, he's not going to die from fire. It's true. Um, I mean, all Beetlejuice has to do is like call one of his sandworms at a gas station. <laughs> Lure him into a Benihana. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. Why didn't they do that in the movie? <laughs> Just hold a mirror over a Benny over the Benihana grill when they're lighting up the, the onions for the volcano, and then Candyman's dead. Um, well, I mean, and that's why we didn't see a Benihana in those movies. Um, but but I think that that's where I'm landing. I, I think my vote is going to go to Beetlejuice in round two so far. Um, James, what about you? Initial thoughts, who's taking it? Just just who's taking it? Beetlejuice. I agree with you. Okay. Um, well, Ed, um, well, what's your counterpoint? So we, can, so we have an opportunity to change our minds. Yeah. Change my mind. I, I really don't know because it's... They're both immortal beings because Candyman can't die because of his belief in everybody else. And I don't think Beetlejuice can kill everybody. But Beetlejuice is also mortal, too, because even in the end of the movie, when he's destroyed by the sandworm, he's sitting in the office at the end. So what I think it would boil down to is if their reincarnation abilities were put aside, then I think Beetlejuice would still take it based on just his actual ability, even though Candyman is actually older because he's, I think, 400 years old that I read. And Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Beetlejuice is 400 years old. Candyman is 100 years old. Beetlejuice has years of experience because he died in the Middle Ages during Black Pe- Plague, as well as he's just a powerhouse character with all of his building, or abilities across the board. Candyman seems to be a little bit more of a one-trick pony to where he seduces in a way his victims to be his victim and i don't think can or beetlejuice would i I think they're both uh immune to each other's ability to play off their victims because Candyman's not going to get hustled and beetlejuice is not going to take this dude seriously whatsoever (laughs) it's just going to come down to a power he would he would be the straight man in in beetlejuice's comedy scene he, he would be the straight man who's getting the joke played on him because Beetlejuice is so absurd. That's how that scene would go. Well, then I think I'm ready to bring it to a vote. Ed, can I take your vote then to be Beetlejuice? Yeah. James? Beetlejuice. 
And then my, myself, I, I think just because of, I mean, and this goes back to, I think it was episode four or something like that. You had a chance to say Beetlejuice for the third time. <laughs> I'm not going to let that happen, all right? I'm not a fool. <laughs> all right? <laughs> you think I would fall into his trap? Hell no. He just sat right? in a um, chair going, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch! <laughs> so close. Yeah, no, no, look, look, look. I am the host of a very, very low end podcast. <laughs> I don't just fall for Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, but I will say, I don't know what I was about to say, but I do know that I was going to vote for Beetlejuice. So, <laughs> bam. Round one went to Candyman. Round two has gone to Beetlejuice, which moves us into round three at this point. They now get to bring a friend. Um, hopefully, well, I mean, they're both characters of limited friends, I, with the exception, I guess, I mean, I guess you can bring um, Winona, wait, Winona wait. Ryder into it, but I don't know what Winona Ryder is going to pull off next to Candyman. But let's find out. So, Ed, guess first. So- well, now, who, who do you think I they're going to bring? I think Beetlejuice is going to bring his car. Because it's a car that's made out of mismatched, like, cursed parts. And he's basically the hell rod. Like, he's essentially a dog that's got superpowers and shit like that. Interesting. Because uh, you're right. Because okay. well, be- uh, Winona Ryder is just going to be sitting, floating in the air, singing, jumping the line the whole time while he's getting his shit rocked by <laughs> Candyman, whoever else Candyman <laughs> is. <laughs> So we're not a writer would win, but but for Candyman, I, I've I've been pretty stumped on that one because I'm trying to think of another thing outside of say like Bloody Mary or the woman at the end of the the movie who ends up kind of taking a Candyman style approach because uh, and ends up killing her husband because she comes her own urban legend, and I think the two of those would coincide with each other. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a good point, and I think that we're looking at Candyman. He's going to be calling on a Bloody Mary type figure. Bloody Mary is what a great suggestion. That's I hadn't thought of that, but you know, I bet they run into each other all the time. Like, hey man, how you doing? <laughs> like they called you too. Like yeah. these teenage kids called you too. Why do we, yeah. why do they call both of us? No, I could see them high fiving each other on the way into and out of a slumber party. <laughs> I could see them hating each other, though, because Candyman's whole thing was the reason why he was going after. I can't remember the main character in Candyman was because she dispelled the myth of Candyman and his power and him being able to live is derived from his legend. And well, Jordan Peele is bringing that back. So but when it must be work. So, yes, Jordan Peele failed to banish um, Candyman because I don't think anyone's thought of him. Until Jordan Peele. Ed, it's one of Ed's favorite horror movies. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I, I think, well, I, in this Kafkaesque nightmare that dwells into the Orwellian side of things, I more see Bloody Mary and Candyman as like clocking in. Like they don't yeah. really want to fucking do this. I mean, Candyman wants to pursue his painting and you know bloody mary she's got a dance studio somewhere um and they're just like like i gotta i gotta make the payments here so i gotta i gotta take care of this you know i i see like because i mean that's all i've ever known in this society so i i have to assume that when i die you know my spirit's gonna be clocking in too so (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the, the person I had thought of for for Candyman to bring along was uh, someone who is incredibly skilled with mirrors. And I thought David Copperfield as like, as like <laughs> a magician, a magician, like someone who's incredibly skilled with mirrors. But he's and, like, instantly out of his depth. <laughs> It was like, Kenny was like, I need mirrors set up like this. And David Copperfield's like, I got the best, I, I got the best mirrors. But then he sees Beetlejuice, he's like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Beetlejuice wouldn't even fucking see him because David Copperfield's a magician. He knows how to use mirrors. Tie he, mirrors. Have, he doesn't have his stage crew. He doesn't have his road crew. <laughs> I thought he would get all that stuff. David Copperfield has access to those I things. Can, I, I could see. <laughs> Again, we're assuming that his road crew, the human people that follow him, are things. Yeah. And- <laughs> I definitely can see Beetlejuice getting tricked by David Copperfield into a show. He's like, oh, this is a good time. are <laughs> distracted by He would go Beetlejuice would go up on that stage <laughs> with David Copperfield. David Copperfield. <laughs> oh man, what do you got going on up here? David Copperfield asks for assistance. Like, oh pick me, pick me, god damn it. <laughs> Saw me in half. I can do it myself, see? Wow. Okay. Um <laughs> He saws himself in half. <laughs> well, I, so I, I think then we're, we're pretty. I think we're pretty set on giving Beetlejuice his car. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I would suggest beyond that is um, Michael Keaton and the other guys. <laughs> another Michael Keaton. Just another Michael Keaton, or maybe think, Batman. I don't think they'd be friends. <laughs> so I give him Batman. Uh, um, but I'm I'm go ready to go with the car. Um, so. Who are we giving Candyman? Quick decision. Is Candyman getting David Copperfield or is Candyman going to get Bloody Mary? I think Bloody Mary makes more sense, but fuck David Copperfield. <laughs> yeah, I David fucking and, and James, you're saying David Copperfield as well? I'll take David Copperfield yeah, on this one. All right, well, my opinion has changed. Well, I didn't vote. You, you choose. All right, so round three. Oh, he, he said he didn't vote. Yeah. Oh, you didn't I, vote no. it? I thought you went with David. No, Copperfield. man, like that—that's a solid pick for shenanigans. Like I, I'm, I'm torn between <laughs> the realism of the fight and uh, take a look at this, and then doves shell up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think Beetlejuice would be enamored. I think, I think you would have like found his match. <laughs> David Copperfield. Um, well, here's what I. Here, all right, so if I'm gonna have to make the decision on it. I'm going to pour myself one more go Done. of this Captain Morgan here. And I'm going to... This one's to David Copperfield. <laughs> All right. I already made the choice. All right. Cheers. Here's to David Copperfield. David Copperfield, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. So Harry puts on a good show. Yeah. We're in Vegas and I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well. I mean, if I'm not getting my mind freaked, I'm not about to watch any magic. I really <laughs> <right now. laughs> the amaz- it could have been the amazing Jonathan. <laughs> oh, his documentary. I didn't watch it. So sad. Was it? Well, but like, never mind. Well, David me... Copperfield. I'll be yeah, yeah. sad later. Yeah, yeah, we'll be sad later. Um, but amazing Jonathan, Jonathan, he's still out there. You can catch him at the- <laughs> not until we get money. Um, so, <laughs> Candyman and David Copperfield. Versus Beetlejuice and his car. Let's go. Ed, initial thoughts, just off the cuff, who's going to win? All right, so initial thoughts, this is how it plays out. Beetlejuice shows up. He's in 
you know, a room or whatever. David Copperfield shows up, starts enamoring him with a show. Candyman shows up and tries to eviscerate him from behind from the distraction. Candyman is able to get a good kill in, but the car comes through a third wall. And it crashes it crashes through all the mirrors and just slides into them. Keep in mind this is all on a fifth floor and it still happens that way. <laughs> well, I I'm 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 gonna just jump in because I, I'm gonna state my initial thoughts and vote. I was thinking like in the same realm. So I'm thinking that Beetlejuice is there and he's clapping and he's just getting enamored by doves <laughs> and, um, you know, the statue of Liberty has disappeared and shit like that. <laughs> and just as, you know, Candyman's about to like bring the hammer down, we see the car rolls in and just like rolls over <laughs> David Copperfield backs up over David Copperfield <laughs> Goes over David Copperfield. Copperfield money now. I can tell you that. <laughs> Damn! Like I, I just see the car just really getting him under the tires, <laughs> bringing Beetlejuice back in like the final moments before he was about to be destroyed, and then it goes back into round two where Beetlejuice pulls it out. That's my initial thoughts, James. What about you? He opens the trunk and a sandworm comes flying out of the trunk because he's fucking Beetlejuice. No, fuck that. He opens the trunk expecting a sandworm and David Copperfield comes out of the trunk. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It's not David Copperfield. It's not David Copperfield. It's Chris Angel. (laughs) He's like, I was Sandman, not Sandman. I was uh, Candyman's side the whole time. David Copperfield was just an illusion. You've been mind free. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) This is a good fight. And Candyman's just like, what the fuck? I'm glad we went with the human magician. <laughs> so, all right, so all that will make that canon. Everything just happened exactly like that. The fight continues. So, you were never looking at David Copperfield. So, David Copperfield, Candyman, Beetlejuice in his car are in a fifth story like auditorium. Well, how does it go? <laughs> I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'd say Beetlejuice kind of like caves the whole building and with his immense power. I yeah. I, mean, I, I think that Chris Angel popping out of the car will be like a good faint for a second. Yeah. But I think then that's when Beetlejuice is like, this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> and then he snaps his fingers and ends it. <laughs> that's enough. I'm over the that's top enough. Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and he summons like the Pine Saw Lady. Yeah, and then that's so at that being said, we we have a wild scenario playing out here. (laughs) Obviously gonna be a great movie and Michael Keaton, I can't wait to work with you. I can't wait to see it. What? I can't wait to work with you on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um so um yeah, get with us, Michael. Um Ed, what's your vote? Who's gonna take it? Okay, so with all of that being said, how I see this playing out is is, is honestly, I think it's going to be Candyman because what happens is after all the shenanigans happen and they're all squared up, 
in just like Mexican standoff, just two guys, two guys, everyone's like essentially pointing guns at each other. Candyman opts to kill David Copperfield to seal his legend in to become even more immortal as the guy who killed David Copperfield. So even if he gets dusted by the car and Beetlejuice has all his power, he'll be more famous and more powerful and outclassed Beetlejuice eventually. Interesting. James, your vote. Oh, uh, I would still say Beetlejuice because I'd say he would have to he would have to gain notoriety from the killing of David Copperfield before he gained the power. And if David Copperfield just also died in a building falling, he wouldn't get that notoriety. That's my idea on it. I think Beetlejuice on this one. Okay, and then so for me, um, so initially I see some Freddy versus Jason bullshit happening where Jason cuts off Freddy's head. And then as he's walking away, Freddy's head opens up and he's like, "Ah, Um, so I see some dumbass shit like that happening. Um, But that's not how it rolls on high and dry. This is definitive. I think that my vote comes back down to the thematics, Uh um, which has always been a a big thing for us. And then I think thematically, Beetlejuice has to win. I do agree with that, honestly. I I was hail marrying Candyman on that one because <laughs> <laughs> you give it the final push. Well, because I was I was thinking about it a little bit, kind of like when we talked about like the Russian Bride thing when it came to like legacy, because he wouldn't get the notoriety from David Copperfield until later, but he still has a fan base to keep him going, as he refers to as his church. But if it comes down to their uh, ability to regenerate and like keep coming back, then Beetlejuice is going to kill him like nine out of ten times every time. So it sounds like your vote changed. Yeah. All right, it's good enough for me. So, so Polish vodka, changing minds and hearts. <laughs> <laughs> so that means Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, and Candyman. Nope, Beetlejuice. <laughs> you did. What did you do? I had to cut it off. I can't let him show up in my apartment. <laughs> All right, so Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice wins. Yeah, I did right. it four times. I think four times just cancels it. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> one more time. I don't understand. I don't understand. Now. Yeah, now I'm confused. If you do it a fifth time, I'll show up and say, I'm not candy, man. <laughs> All right, so there it is. Beetlejuice takes it home. Two, Two out, out of three. three. Congratulations, Michael Keaton, Beetlejuice. Um, can't wait to see in your new movie. Um, interesting. Oh, no, I'm not even going to go into it. I was about to talk about Michael McDowell, the dude who actually wrote Beetlejuice. He writes a bunch of Southern Gothic stuff and everything like that. I've been reading him a lot lately. Uh-huh. Really weird shit. Um, check out his other books. Just they're weird. They're, re- they're but not, they're not Tim Burton weird though. Um, it's just weird because like there's Southern Gothics and first you have to get through the historical context before you really start kind of enjoying them. Um, but then all of a sudden, like I give a shit about this woman's dowry and who's this guy going to marry. And, but wait a minute, there's a mermaid demon over there. Um, they're very, <laughs> they're interesting. So it's wholesome. Uh, <laughs> hot yeah, they're very weird. <laughs> it, I don't even know, man. Um, I have no idea, but you really gotta, gotta check them out. Michael Badal. You can actually check them out at bookshop.org backslash Ryan Baron North. Um, and you can buy them from there. A lot of Michael McDowell on there right now. Um, but so there it is. Beetlejuice takes it. Ed, thank you again, as always. It's a thrill having you on here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Ed. That was a good question today.
Yeah, I figured I'd want to put you guys through the ringer today. You guys don't really get the the choice to like really sit there and like put it onto your guys' thoughts, like kind of putting it on other people. And I thought I'd throw something heavy at you guys. That was good. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. Good time. Good time. So th- again, thank you, Ed. James, where can you find us? Uh, you can find us at High and Tripod on Instagram. Oh, you know, on, that's on Twitter. <laughs> Damn it, High and Dry Pod on Twitter. Uh, High and Dry Podcast on Instagram. I'm the Diabolical on Twitch and Twitter. Uh, where can we find you, Ryan? So I'm Ryan Barron North. You can find me at Barron underscore North. I'm just Google Ryan Barron North. We're on there. I'm so fucking high. Man. I can tell. And speaking of Google. Um, High and Dry Podcast has finally secured its place in the Google search algorithms, and we no longer immediately transfer to High and Dry, a podcast that came before us. (laughs) Hooray! Our brand overtook theirs. Well, they're gone now, so High (laughs) and Dry is where to go. Um, Ed, thanks again. James, thanks as always. This Thank has you. been High and Dry Podcast. I'm Ryan Barron North. That was James Crossland, our guest, Ed. Thanks, everybody. Take it easy. We'll catch you next week.